You are listening to the Planeswalker Radio Podcast, episode number three. This week, we're talking with Craig Chapman of Team Basic. Let's get to it. Hello everyone, Dan McEwen here, aka Danny Mac, and welcome back to the Planeswalker Radio Podcast, your weekly esports radio show covering the various Magic the Gathering teams and players currently grinding it out in the multiverse. As always, show notes can be found at planeswalkerradio.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PWRadioMTG. Now, let's dive right into my conversation with this week's guest, our first guest, Mr. Craig Chapman. This week, we have the captain of Team Basic. He is a Grand Prix Melbourne 2014 Top 8 competitor and was featured in round 15 of Pro Tour Other Revolt. Mr. Craig Chapman, sir, how are you doing this evening? I'm very well, thank you very much. I had no idea you'd done the research and found out my two uh, two moments in history where I've made a bit of an embarrassment for myself. Absolutely, and then you probably um, have the arguably the most stoic photo for your team photo on the website for the uh, Pro Tour Team Series. The rest of the the rest of the crew yeah, seems like a bunch of characters, if you will. Yeah, well, we didn't really have a lot of plans going into that picture. We were just kind of uh, picked up by the uh, the magic cast, and they're just like, "Please come over here and uh, <laughs> take your picture. We'll, we'll cut you out of the lines because the, the the line was was crazy. There was about two or three hundred people just standing around, and it was like half raining because we were in Dublin, of course. Ah, uh, so yes. They just started bringing everyone through, and then they, they they grabbed our team and said, "Please come through and take photos." And we had no idea. They just kind of threw us into it. They're like, "Okay, do a pose." Wow. And that was it. Nice, nice. Yeah, I do remember them saying on um on the on the feature match on the coverage that you were the the hometown hero for that because I think you were playing against Jeremy Dazani if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was because Dazani won the last uh, Dublin Pro Tour. I think that yep, was uh, Thuros. It was the year before. If I remember, oh, it was the year before. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. yeah. If I remember correctly, I mean, you you could be right. So. Yeah. So anyway. It, 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 it was a bit of a shame. Like it, they, they were actually supposed to have me on the round before, uh, which would have been uh, amazing. But um, they they stopped. They they made a bit of a mistake with the um with the pairings, and so I was actually supposed to be on camera against uh, Eden Flock, ooh, where we had been a great an match. amazing three games. We're, 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 well, I was playing the uh, Jeskai um, control Sahili deck, and he was playing the Jeskai without Sahili, but with um with the tower. Oh, so it was, tower. it was a very very good three yeah. games. Yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant three games. We actually had a bigger crowd watching us in the actual feature match that was playing. We were on the side table. Oh, that would have, have been a cool match. Totally different. I mean, same, you know, color pairings for the most part, but totally different direction with the deck. Different, different decks, different different directions from trying to win. Absolutely. And, and playing against even Flock, like that guy is an absolute maniac when it comes to the Pro Tours. He's just, he's basically the end boss. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, I believe he's from Slovakia. And I actually had the pleasure of going yes, there right. for work a few weeks ago, actually, um, and and did some uh, some stuff out there. It's a very very pretty country, very pretty. Had really good food. Didn't really have. Yeah, I've never really had the chance to go out there. I've only really gone to like uh, Amsterdam and Prague mm. and anywhere on the train line. Haven't haven't got that far. Yet. On the train, yeah, the train line. Nice. Yeah, we haven't really. Um, I took uh, the train to Berlin. That's really been the extent of my train travel here in Europe so far. So, um, I grew up in the Boston area, so we have a pretty robust um, subway system there. So I'm familiar with it on that end. But yeah. Anyway, so for the listeners um, of Planeswalker Radio, I, you know, I try to give a a esports radio feel for the show. Um, and it's funny, you know, as we were trying to line up our interview, we were both trying to, um, you know, go around the, the kiddos schedule and making sure everybody's asleep. I, I don't think you'd find that same problem maybe in football or basketball or American football or, uh, basketball or baseball or anything like that. I, I don't think, uh, players would be like, Oh no, no, I gotta wait for the kids to go to sleep before you can call me random reporter from sports illustrated. I just yeah, that doesn't really happen too much in that. I think that they have uh, allocated babysitters for that. <laughs> probably. They also <laughs> probably get paid a little more than you guys do. So, I mean, yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I'd say a little bit more. A little bit more than nothing is definitely something. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so what is your life like outside of magic? Do you play full time, or is it just a serious hobby? I don't even think I can consider it a serious hobby. It's uh, it's just one of those things where it's it's been in my life now for about about twelve to fourteen years. I've actually been started since way back in Alpha, but um, I didn't actually get back into the game until I think about two thousand four, two thousand five. That's when I found out that it was actually a game that you can play like on a larger level rather than just the basketball courts with no sleeves and just wrecking your moxes and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Nice, but um, yeah, so. Uh, so I missed it er- from er- earlier. You kind of cut out a little bit. When were you first introduced to Magic? Oh, geez, that was a the very first bit of magic I had was back when I was in eleven or twelve, and that was ninety six. So it was uh, around the age of revised and cold snap. Oh, no, not cold snap. Uh, what's that other frozen one? I ice age. I think it's ice yeah. age. Ice age and revised. I think was around the time that I started. Okay, okay, very cool. Very but cool. Uh, I, I never never actually picked up the game until I was. I think they were coming into Champions of Kamigawa. So it was like two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Sometime that actually does sound right because I remember as I was leaving, I was leaving Japan in '05, and I think Kamigawa had come out uh, that like 2004, fall of 2004 in '05, I believe. So that sounds about right. Is there a um, is there a particular era of Magic that you know you prefer? Is there, or is there, you know, I just like playing modern no matter what's going on, or I just like playing standard no matter what's going on? Ooh, uh, I loved the era between, I'd say, 2004, 2006. So that was around, uh, like, towards the end of Kamigawa and going into Ravnica, the very first Ravnica. And I loved that because it was the first kind of time that they really started pushing the color pie. You could really start kind of pushing how far your decks could go. And like, rather than just being a very straightforward deck with one direction, you could just go so many different ways. 
and it wasn't just like related directly to constructed it was draft as well like there was just so many different things you could do and that was also around the same time that uh social media didn't exist and people were just figuring out websites and so net decking wasn't a thing mm. people had their own opinions and own directions and you just played magic rather than playing against the same 75 was there a particular uh, like color combination or, or, or deck style that you like to have during that particular time? Uh, I, I was a, a green fiend, so I loved uh, I originally started playing, I think my very first deck was uh, called Beacon Blaster. So it was a Beacon of Creation Blasting Station like deck, which was basically all forests and all ramp. And I think it used Root Awakening as one of the finishes in it. Oh, okay. Do you wow. remember that one? I do not. It's the one that just Turns all the lands into twos and you go on the offensive. Wow, that's I, I actually that's also probably th- that's when I started to get into the game. Right when or the game again was right when Ravnica original Ravnica had come out. That was actually my very first limited ter- was the pre-release. It was the first time I'd ever played sealed. Was when that came out. I first started oh, okay. to play back in '98, I think it was right when Exodus or right when Urza's Saga came out. Um. So that was, uh, I love the, like you said, like you could basically play five colors and there was, you can, you could take your decks and your strategies in so many different directions with that particular format. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. You, you, you weren't punished. You had the, the freedom to be as flexible as you wish. You could just go and if you wanted to be four color, you were four color. If you wanted to be one color, then that was open as well. As long as you just kind of followed what was available if you're doing a draft or just build a right sealed ball. But it was also around the time where people started pushing their mana base as well, like figuring out what can you do with a 60. Like what is the percentage chance of being able to have this in your hand? Like how would a deck draw out over 10 turns and so on? Yeah, that's – yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, that I think it was, it was around the time that uh, Flores wrote his first book as well. So I think people were starting to understand that it was much larger complexity to the game. Yeah, that the the numbers game has kind of stepped it up over the last few years, and heck, it might be you know something that you kind of alluded to earlier is before the time of social media, so you really didn't have as much data as you do now. So speaking of that, actually, there were um, there have been a few people uh, recently. Um, I remember uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the MTG Goldfish podcast, but they brought up um, a point about whether or not having all the all the data and all the deck lists is a good thing and that you know is it is it solving formats too quickly do you have an opinion on that yeah i would have to say it is yeah my, my opinion is it is unfortunately the with, with the team that watsi has there's no way that they're going to be able to do what the public can do so they may have a team of 10 people and they'll spend two weeks like figuring out like how how everything works they're never going to break their own format testing they're going to do the best job that they can but once they release that beast onto the world then there is just millions of players worldwide i think i think it's like 1.8 million or 1.9 was the last statistics that i saw or something like that sounds right when you put that many people there with, with all their heads together and a little bit of time and they can there's just no way that their testing team can ever match the the majority of the population yeah, and I know Wizards has and then all, all, all a dedicated takes, play development group or whatever euphemism that they used for it. That 
Yeah, it's just a testing. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the testing group. It, it does have a name. But uh, we, we, we tend to look down at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of. There's not much more we can do over No, it. yeah, no, there isn't. You're right. Uh, I think you're right. Um, so, speaking of teams, you know, Wizards uh, launched their, or did a soft launch, excuse me, of the Pro Tour Team Series. And you are the uh, captain of Team Basic, at least uh, according to the website. Um, what prompted you to create Team Basic? Or was there another uh, individual on the team who's, whose idea it was and you just kind of saw it to fruition? I'd be curious to hear how that came about. Yeah, so I think it took all of uh, 30 seconds to, to decide to make a team because essentially free is free and we all have one shot at the PT. So we were a group of about 13 people. So we were, we were all one from either Magic Online qualifiers or we'd won uh, the PPTQs, uh, the, 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 the RPTQs, sorry. So, yeah. so that either made the top four. And yeah, there was a group of about 13 of us, including uh, Neil Rigby, who is one of the WOTC... Um, he does the, the the coverage, so he'd also top eight of the GP, and we all had one invite, and we just decided, well, we're all going together. We're all fairly close between like the UK and Ireland, so why don't we all just break off into two teams and just give it a shot? So who is the other team? So the other team is uh, almost finished. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, so almost finished, and because uh, uh, Sammy, I think Sammy T is the captain of almost finished. I can't, I can't remember who the captain was, but yeah, so they they are the other team. There was thirteen of us in total, and unfortunately, one person had to miss out because it was only team of six, and uh, Neil was the last person to get on Facebook, so he ended up being our cheerleader, and uh, we broke up into two teams. Oh wow, that's cool. That is uh, that is something I absolutely did not know with all the research that I did. Oh, there you go. I learned something new today. Uh, so where did the so almost finished? I mean that name kind of just makes itself. You can kind of um, infer how that name came about. Where did basic? Come yeah, from? essentially they were they were almost finished because they have one of them who is not from Finland, <laughs> so they were almost finished. And uh, yeah, that, that's it. Like our name was like we we didn't really put a lot of thought into it. Obviously, team basic. Yeah, um, basic initially, like I, I'm yeah, like I'm I'm a fan of euphemisms and puns. And, I was just like, well, what would kind of be cool to be like the, the novice team of the Pro Tour? So you have like no expectations whatsoever. And then we just we were just talking amongst ourselves, and someone mentioned about like the color pie, the fact that there is uh, six colors of mana. So why can't we all just like represent one of the shards? And I was like, okay, so we'd be like the basic colors, so we could all have a separate type of a uh, basic artwork, like on our shirts and on our sleeves, and we'd all represent one different part of the color pie. And so that that was the plan. We became Team Basic, and we, we submitted all of our designs and everything. And uh, it was it was a great plan in theory until the uh, the day before. The day before, I think the cutoff was about two weeks before the PT, and we got the email the day before saying that the uh, the logos that we had created and that the shirts and sleeves that we'd submitted were using landscapes from uh, that were held on by the actual artists. Oh no! So we were told we had to we we had to scrap the entire uh, the entire plan of the, the shirts and the sleeves and everything. No, that sucks. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty pretty devastating. So so, like, so the logos that stage, are still out there. Then. Did you uh, did you guys ever get a release yeah, like, from the artist? 
No, no, we never did because uh, but by the time they actually turned around to us and said, "Look, sorry, but like what you've sent us is not going to work because it's going to break copyright laws," we um we had less than twenty four hours before the cutoff, and we're kind of like, "Well, we only have like one shot at the PT. None of us have any extra invites. This is a lot of work to have to go through a second time." Yeah. So we just uh we we just like said, "Look." Are you happy for us just to keep the name? We'll just make a basic logo for you. Basic logo for And then basic if we manage to get... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it was a Times New Roman with a black circle. It's as basic as I, it can I'm get. looking at it right now on the Wizards website. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. And, uh, and we'll just like, we're, if, if we all manage to get lucky enough to come back for a second time, then we'll like go down the path of making shirts and sleeves and so on. Yeah, so 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 we're gonna get to that actually. Um, but before we do, you mentioned that you know there's six players and that each of you all represented the 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 six quote unquote colors of mana. I guess colorless being a color, even though it's yes. colorless. But I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, what uh? So which player represents which color? Ooh, gee, that's a tough one. So I remember Jamie was red. Okay. Uh, so Pete Ward was waste. I think I think I think there was a running joke that Pete was a waste of space or something <laughs> like that. So he got waste. I, I, I can't honestly remember. The hey, he did get he did get six points for the team at Ether Revolt. I mean, he can't be that much of a yeah leader. yeah yeah he did, he did. and uh, and then I think I was white because no one wanted to be white. <laughs> Poor white. What so was good I a few months ago when Avison first came on the scene? That deck was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And I, I have to look through my notes, but I can't remember the other three. Who else? Um, no, no, I'd have to look back and try to figure out who the other three shards were. So, blue right, so we ha- so we have so Black. we have Pete Ward as wastes, and then Jamie uh, Arch. How do you say his last name? Deacon Archdeacon. Uh, Archdeacon. Yep. Yeah, so he was red. And so we got yes, to figure out. Yes, and then uh, I was white. And um, I don't remember the other ones. Yeah, so, so you have ho- you have some homework to do, basically. And I do, I do. That, well, as, as, as you can see, like we, we took a lot of time planning this. <laughs> yes, meticulous, meticulous planning. Th- that's the vibe that exactly. I'm getting. <laughs> I love it. So, so what made you choose the players? I know you kind of alluded to it, you know, earlier in our conversation. But why, you know, yeah. why these six, and then why the other, you know, five fins plus one? Well, in the end, like they they were all fins, so they kind of had like an inkling of all going together in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they 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 are all kind of from from the same area, and then we found out that they they were allowing us to put in teams, even though we aren't like between the thirteen of us, we all only had one invite, so. Which is like I can't believe they're actually letting us have a chance of registering a team when we probably can't even compete in this competition for the entire year. And um, so it was pretty straightforward. Like the, the Finnish team just picked up Sam, and um, that left about seven of us who were left. And I just stuck in in the chat group. I'm like, look, we've got a day or two left. I'm just going to make a team. If you want to, if you want him to be in the team, just uh, send me a message. And the five of them did, except for Neil. And uh, that was it. It was pretty straightforward. Like we, we all tested together, we all communicated, so yeah. it didn't really bother us too much on who was on what team. So on the Watsi website, it says that you know you guys are from Ireland, England, Wales, and Canada. Who is the Canadian player? Yes, Jamie is the Canadian player. Okay, so how did you guys and then, manage uh, that then? I mean, I mean, you know, 
Ireland, England, and Wales. Yes, you know they're all in yeah. that, you know part of the world. But I can't imagine. I mean, you guys aren't close to one another. How did you? Did you guys do any testing leading up to Ether Revolt? No, so in in the end, I think because uh, uh, Sammy too, who was on the um, other team as well, he is also Canadian, but he is currently down as I think he is uh, the team captain of somewhere in the EU because of the way he used to live. So and that that's that's how Jamie kind of got to the picture as well because he's a good friend of Sammy T's and so he ended up coming across. So there was an Indian, there was the two Canadians, there was five Finns, and there was the Irish Australian, and then a bunch from the UK. Oh, okay. So did, how did you guys do testing? Like, did you guys do like so what some of the other teams do and get an Airbnb a few weeks before the event and test, or did you guys do it long? Oh no, it, it, it was it was all. Yeah, it was all based on social media, scuff calls, cockatrice, whatever we could um, do. A lot, lot of theory crafting as well. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That seems like it'd be. It's just, it's just a much simple way to do things. So, because I know, you know, Wizards is trying to make magic, you know, a an esport, and it'd be nice if they kind of took the model, you know, for this the Pro Tour Team Series and and kind of continue um, with it. And I think that. You know, you see some of the other games like League of Legends and, and Dota and Overwatch and those teams, like they live together, you know, they get paid quite a bit. Maybe the the money is a factor, but it'd be nice in the future to, to see, you know, teams to be able to, to do that. You know, granted, you know, like you get the family, you probably don't want to be having, you know, five other people living in the house and their families, but it'd be nice to, to have some type of structure, I think, going forward. For teams to be able to do that so um what so you guys finished um no pun intended not to be confused with almost finished um but you guys were able yeah. to get you know 23 points at the end um and yeah, we actually did a lot better than anyone thought we would do i mean we, yeah, uh, we had i think there was there were, there were three or four of us that all finished on 10 and 6 yeah which was which was like above par, and I, I was still kicking myself because I was sitting at ten and two, and then I went to ten and three, and then I ended up ten and six. So I managed to lose like the last four straight to uh, avoid getting back on the train. So, I, we'll, we'll stick on on Pro Tour Etherable. What, how did you feel the testing was leading up to that event? Like, did you you know when you sat down for the first draft, were you? You know, kind of like when you take a test or when I take a test, if I see the first question and I'm yeah. like, hell yeah, I got this. You know, what was that? What was that feeling going into the first draft when you first sat down? Yeah, so the, the feeling was actually good because uh, we, we all felt quite comfortable. We'd done lots of different comparisons and different theory crafting with the way that the set should be drafted. And it did. It just felt kind of like we, we all felt comfortable when we sat down. We'd done more than enough drafts, so we didn't think limited was going to be the issue, and I actually think that's where we had our best results. Like as a team, I think I I only managed to go four two. We had a couple of five ones and even a six zero that managed to um, do really well in limited, but the standard portion was what let us down. How did you guys did you guys do a lot of um, like moto drafting and stuff like that, and then just talking via you know messaging? Yeah, 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 tons, tons, tons and tons seems of moto to drafts. Be going I think great. it was one of the first PTs where they. That they'd actually brought the moto um, drafting up. I think it was two weeks. It was up prior to the pro tour. It was one of the first times they'd been ever up there for that long. Yeah, now so it's it gave even, us a lot of uh, extra yeah. Time. Now it's up even earlier than that. 
Yeah, I know. It's like, I think it's like five weeks in there is, is the current period because it's about five weeks after the release of when they're having the prototype. Yeah. Yeah, it's super. I think it comes out like right after the pre-release, so you have a ton of time before. And I think they are changing, if memory serves correct, and I guess I owe you an answer. I have some homework on my end. I think they're moving the Pro Tours back as well a few weeks after the set release, um, which, I mean, has its pluses and minuses, I think. Um, no, no. It, it, it's good, I think. I think that it does need a little bit more time to kind of just iron out all the kinks and be able to deal with any possible banning issues because that was one of the big things yeah. that made, uh, made hopefully there are very more standard bannings in the near future yeah I think I think we'd actually spent about two and a half weeks um, with, with all of our different theory crafting and deck building and all of a sudden they dropped the bomb on us where they banned Copter and Emrakul and Reflector Mage and that just crushed all of our testing that we'd done mm. so what um so you guys finished, uh, you're still sitting in 30th place out of the 32 teams. Uh, and from the sounds yeah. of it, I mean... Which, 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 is, which is impressive, considering not a single one of us turned up to the Pro Tour for, for the next one. I know, that's, I, was just gonna, I was just getting to that. Like, I mean, I, I, think, yeah. I think you guys stayed at 30th place, and I think NorCal moved down and Dave and Adams, that team moved down below you. Um, and then Card Hoarder is sitting right above you in 29th place. I um, actually followed yeah, them. You have to try and beat them. Yeah, I, I did follow uh, them quite a bit on Twitter. Um, I think Jennifer Long is their, their social media um, representative, and, and she was posting a lot of good stuff from them. So you said you're trying to finish ahead of them? Well, I'd love to, but uh, that, that would involve at least one of us getting back onto the yeah, PT so, for uh, so, the rest of the year. So let's talk about that. So Pro Tour Amonkhet. No, None of you guys qualified. Like, what 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 happened there? Uh, well, because we weren't really a focused or serious team in the beginning. Yeah. We all just kind of were going to. Well, we were going to uh, the Pro Tour in Dublin. So if anything happened from there, then we just happened to be registered to a to a team, and we'd just be playing on that team. Yeah. And uh, we just all kind of went in with the same mindset, like this is just a a great experience, and if one of us manages to uh, spike an X five or better, then we uh, we get to come back. And uh, we all got very close. There was, I think, uh, four of us made day two, and then of the four, three of us all finished on X and six. So. Mm. And we were all fighting. Like, we weren't sitting on X and six coming into the last round. We uh, we either lost the last round or the second last one or the last four, like I did. But um, that's, that's in the past now. But that, that, that's basically, if, if one of us managed to spike and I win, then we were going to continue the ball rolling for um, the Amonkhet. Or if one of us managed to win another Magic Online event, or do well in the mocks, or managed to spike a PPTQ. Okay, so you know, absolutely, the pat, the past is the past is the past. What, what do you got? Are you guys gonna shoot to qualify for Pro Tour Hour of Devastation and and try to finish ahead of Card no. Hoarder? Because you know Card Hoarder is gonna send people. Oh, I know. I think Card Hoarder has two or three that are going to that one. I know, I know that Joe is going for the rest of the year. Um, but if, if if it happens, it happens. Like we we'll be using the same kind of methods that we normally do, which is just the the standard grinding. So trying to spike a GP top eight, trying to top four an RPTQ, trying to win the Impossible Magic Online PTQ finals, just wh whichever is uh, whichever happens to fall into our laps. All right. Um, so would do you guys have any advice? So before I ask that though, do you should Watsi continue with the Pro Tour Team Series 
will we see a return of Team Basic for the next season? Right. So my personal opinion is no on the team series, and it's only because Magic is played at a professional level with individual results. Okay. If if they actually if they actually wanted to have this teams event, which is brilliant by the way, like I love the fact that there is teams event, but because the teams aren't actually playing in a team based event, it's just individuals that are that are working together for a team. Yeah. Like if they had some type of like unified event that actually used all the players like in one event yeah. rather than just having individual results and if someone just happens to randomly spike an event then they end up carrying their entire team where it's not really a, a team effort. It's more so, who can get lucky enough to place someone high enough. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Absolutely fair points. Um, has Watsy been requesting feedback from the teams at all? Uh, yeah, they, they did send us an email. I, I sent one back with a similar thing to what I just said then. I said that the team's initiative is a great thing, but I do believe that you need to support the initiative with events that are using the entire team and not just based on individual competition. I think something kind of like how the Star City Games is running their team-constructed events, I think that would be Yeah, exactly. That, that is perfect. Like if, if they, could, they could literally just cut, copy, and paste and pay whatever fees they have to to get that from their CG and they'd have a perfect event. I, I agree. I mean, especially, I mean, it might be a little bit selfish on my end just from a content creator standpoint. I would just make for excellent, you know, analysis, you know, trying to figure out like, oh, you know, Craig Chapman's on, you know, team basic. He's on, you know, the alpha team and then you have the Bravo team or whatever, you know, if you're going to split it into six players, but split it into to two sides, if you will. Um, you know, why should, you know, why should Craig be playing in the modern seat, you know, versus, you know, the standard or the legacy seat? Um, I, I know that was some of the analysis going on to the SCG um, events uh, coming up because yeah. I think they added actually two more team constructed events to their tour. Yeah, I, mean, I, I also think that the number is incorrect. I think six is just far too many yeah. to have. Like, I understand with, with these larger large events, especially when they're trying to go down the e-gaming path, like these mm. other MOBA games like Dota uh, and and League of Legends. Like those are actually games where there is like five on five, but there is only one goal. So there is only like one end game, whereas when you got a team of six players, they're all trying to get to the end game, but they're taking different paths to get there. So they're not really working together as a team. Whereas if they just had gone down to like three players for a team for next year, that'd be perfect because then they could even just use like unified rules. They can have unified modern, unified standard, that is good. unified limited events, and that would just make more sense. My two cents, you know, for what it's worth, I don't, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if. They canceled the Pro Tour Team Series. I think it will come back, though, but in a different iteration that it is currently in now. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, it, it should be there. There should be a team's element, but I believe they're doing it wrong right now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, do you... If they were to continue with the current Pro Tour Team Series model... And there are other players that are thinking of, you know, putting their name in the hat. Do you have any recommendations for them? Like, absolutely do not do this or absolutely do this? Um, my only recommendations would be that if you are intending to play, like, in, in like as a team, don't feel obliged to register for a team if it's just your one and only protocol. 
like we, we we all just decided like why not for free is free like they're letting us register a team this will be this will be a good bit of fun but in the end if you actually want to be competitive um, my, my recommendation is just to make sure you qualify for all the pts before you start the season or uh just stay as like a, a lone warrior kind of thing just to do your own thing and there's no reason why you can't start up a team later on in the year so like you have to have it started at the beginning you can you can register a team on the very last pt if you wish oh yeah that is a that is a good point yeah like i said i don't know you know if they continue with the current pro tour team series i don't know how many i mean obviously the pro tour staples the the super teams if you will will probably oh yeah they're always going to be there yeah and it, but in the end there's going to be this big big long list of teams and there's always going to be this like five to ten teams at the bottom who basically have no points because they've all just turned up for one event so it doesn't really give you like an accurate representation of of, of the team so you'd see like one of the teams at the top they've got 300 points and then you see our team at the bottom with 23 and you're like oh wow that team must have done very well to only get 23 points and these guys have 300 it's yeah, it's just not, not the, like accurately represented. Yeah, there's a disparity, I guess, amongst the the point distribution. Mm. The, the higher up you, because yeah, you get the one player, and that one player, you know, there might be the the few oh, like Musashi. There you have like 119 points. They had two players in the top eight at the last pro tour, um, and there's only one yeah. one name that I don't recognize from that team. Um, you know, in Genesis, you know, did really well. But for the rest, like all the middle of the pack ones, they're probably, I bet you if I did yeah. a little more research, they're probably only where they are based on one player's um, performance. Maybe one well, or that, two that, players. That's, that's actually almost, you know, sorry, it's, it's almost the same as um, Genesis as well because they actually didn't do very well at the last uh, PT in the team's structure. But one of them spiked the top eight, and he hit massive points because of that. Yeah. And then pushed their yeah. team right up. And then the same same thing happened to this pro tour. I think Martin Mueller was for Genesis, and he spiked the top eight. So he was now like they, they basically have back to back top eight. So that's given their total a huge boost when the rest of the team didn't necessarily perform as strong. Like there was a lot of teams that did well as a group overall, but just missed the top eight because of that. Their points were much lower. Yeah, and, and I guess if Wizards does want to continue with this, they probably need to look at the way they're going to award, you know, the points, you know, to kind of they're they're probably gonna have to overhaul the entire thing regardless. Um, but that brings yeah, it up. I mean it's it's been it's been a great year to theory test it and like it's not like it's been a failure. No, no, but yeah. I just don't think it's gonna warrant it's not gonna warrant the results that they really look for. I, know. I don't think it's gonna Cause they had Build third, they had thirty thousand viewers on Twitch, I believe. I think that's probably one of their highest uh, viewerships. Yeah. Um, Wizards does need to do a, a lot better of a job, you know, because you had all the teams, you know, that would come up and they would have, you know, member not qualified, member not qualified, member not qualified. It's like look, uh, I was just sitting there and they kept on putting a photo up and had like all the all the six stars against their names, yeah. and even in Twitch chat. People saying like, why the hell are they posting this photo over and over? It was just like us and the other team. We're all we're, we're half us weren't even there. They just kept on sticking that pictures up. I don't get yeah. For, from a narrative standpoint, I don't I don't understand what they're trying to to sell there. I mean, it, the team narrative. I think by and large, people will root for teams in the long run over over an individual player. I have absolutely nothing to corroborate that. That's just my own pure speculation. Um, just from watching. I mean, it's even the same as myself. Like, like 
I, I'm watching the um, the coverage now, and I'm not watching to see how Team Ice or Team Genesis are doing. Like I'm just following the names. Yeah, yeah, and there's no. Uh, I think in the long run, I mean, if you look at, you know, if they want to move into the esports arena, you know, they have to kind of sell that team narrative a little bit more because, I mean. After a while, I mean, if they just chose the okay, so you say you qualify for Pro Tour Hour Devastation, let's highlight Craig Chapman and watch him go all the way through. I mean, after a while, it'd be kind of kind of boring to watch, you know, especially if it's like a mirror match after mirror match after mirror match. That would get kind of aggravating. Or, you know, God forbid, the luck gods look down upon you and decide, you know what, he's getting a crappy draft deck. You know, that would be that would be bad. Too. Yeah. But it was even even the same at the uh, at the Dublin PT. Apparently, I was uh, the first Irishman in a long time to actually be at the PT, and uh, the and the fact that it happened to be happening in Dublin was like special as well. I don't think they had a Dublin representative for the last PT that they had. And uh, I think at one stage when I was seeing an X and one, they were they were just by, I think they actually bypassed me down to like an, an X three bracket just because it was two named players. When there was a storyline of like the Irishman who is doing well in the in their event. And they didn't even get picked up, I think, until midway through the second day. No, no, no one even knew that I was there for Ireland. Hmm. That's hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, like they, they knew me as like oh, being part of Team Basic, but they didn't like know the story behind. Yeah. The player. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that I I hope they they push more in the future. Um, I know the SCG tour does a pretty decent job. Um, I mean. The, Granted, the SCG tour is kind of going in a different direction now than they were a few years ago. I think but they're pushing the, the the player narrative pretty hard, and and I think that's probably why they do as well as they do. I think with their viewership on Twitch versus some of the Grand Prix. Um, if you were going back and forth, I don't know how often you watch coverage, but I watch pretty much every single weekend. Whatever's on Twitch, I go back and forth, and usually the SCG tour is has more viewership than the grand prix does yep it, it sure does uh, i do the exact same thing i end up going back and forth between two and i actually just find it easier to watch the narratives on the scg coverage and i actually like n- n- nothing against like some of the casters that um that what's you've chosen uh, but in in the past i haven't liked watching them like i'd much rather tune into like cedric Phillips oh yeah Patrick well Sullivan i mean that's that's like just the golden them. standard right there so it is and for, for, for some reason and i do not know why like wizards haven't even approached them i know that's that they, they are they are they're the two men that can just completely take their brand from one level to another yeah, and they've been they doing it the longest gone down that path. they've been doing it the longest together i mean that's probably a big reason uh their chemistry is great yeah um and i know you have matthias hunt and Ryan even others, like, I, I, like, I like matthias hunt yeah, yeah. i was gonna say the same thing like hunt is really good as well yeah exactly uh, he's got a great map brain too. I've learned a lot, like just like from his commentary and some of the math stuff. I have a I have a criminal justice degree from an online university, so my math skills are not that great. Um, yeah, and, and that was a kind of a point of contention. I know Wizards did a kind of like a coverage summit a few years ago, and they didn't even invite, you know, Patrick Sullivan or Cedric Phillips. That's crazy to me. I know. I mean, like we we don't know if anything's been said to them behind the scenes, but yeah, they're both pretty vocal people in the public, and, and they've never really tried to say that they've been approached or that they haven't been approached. They just get get on with their job. But 
and the, it, I mean they've definitely taken the right path getting like LSV and Gabby and yeah. getting the Fireball crew like online which is great but there's still so many more untapped resources which they just kind of aren't even addressing at the moment absolutely I think Wizards tends to kind of rotate their coverage team a little too often um, and it's not like they're showing more you know Grand Prix. Granted. Yeah, like I mean, I, well, who, who was the um the the new uh, woman that they had on for the pro tour? I'd actually never even seen her before. Maria Bartoldi, and I'm probably butchering that. So if you do end up listening probably. to this, uh, Maria, I apologize. Um, I mean, like she she was actually really she good. Was. Like she I, was. I enjoyed I enjoyed watching her, but I had no idea who she was, even though I really enjoyed yep. her at the PT. Now I just never I never heard of her before, and all of a sudden she was sitting there. I only know her just because I'm a huge you know content geek. I listen, I read a lot of different stuff, and you know for for research for the for the podcast and stuff. And I she's on another yeah. podcast, uh, Magic the Amateuring, if memory serves correct. Um, oh, she's one of those two ladies on amateur. She is yes, and her co-host, nice, okay. uh, her co-host. Uh, her name escapes me. I want to be the consummate professional and, and live Google it right now. Uh, but she does a lot of. There's not, nothing wrong with that. She does a lot of live coverage for. Uh, not a lot, like text coverage. Megan Wolf, that's her name. Megan Wolf. Ah, uh, yes, yes, you're right. I didn't even. I didn't even have to type it in. Didn't even have to type it. In. Um, but and I think she also did some, uh, like Twitter interviews and stuff like that, and and posted them up on Twitter. Uh, during Grand Prix Montreal, she was on the uh, the coverage team, like behind, like you know running around behind the scenes and stuff like that. But I think Maria did. I have a theory. I have a theory, and this is actually in episode one of uh, the Planeswalker podcast, Planeswalker Radio podcast. Is I, I kept saying like Genesis is killing it or something to that effect on on Twitter, and then she actually said it. You know, you know, Team Genesis, a team that is killing it and i'm like whoa did that just did we just have a moment right there that was pretty crazy so i think you did and i think she was like staring down the camera and she's like i'm, I'm sure you can give us that <laughs> yeah this, right this, this, this is this is aimed at <laughs> yeah right and i did uh i did reply and i didn't get anything back so i'm pretty sad about that but that's all right life will move on um so so what is next what, what is next for for team basic and then we'll get what's next for you Okay, so team basic. I think we're just gonna try and get one up on card hoarder. I think that's uh, that's like my personal goal. I don't know. I think it, it really so. Why? To get back on the pro tour. Why, why card hoarder? I feel like there's a personal connection there. No, honestly, like I've I've never really spoken to or met most of the guys from card hoarder, but I've been dealing with them through through my friend Dave for a long time now. I'm even wearing one of their shirts right now on this podcast. Oh, okay. And uh, it's just... Shout out it's to just Team that I, I, <laughs> Yes, yes, shout out to Team Cardholder. I, I like their business model, and I love their podcast, and uh, Dave is a very good friend of mine as well. So it's it, I've just kind of, like, my whole resurgence, getting back into Magic since I got to Ireland, I've kind of been, like, riding their tales from, from, okay. from when I came back. So, because I had a, had a big break for a while, and so I've just I've just kind of like been having my own little personal war with them, even though they probably don't even realize. And uh, like whenever they're saying like team card order is like at the PT, I'll be like tagging myself there with a picture of my shirt, even though I'm at some place in Europe. <laughs> just just kind of like jumping on, having having my own little dig. But it's just one of those things. Like I just uh, like Dave as well. He has a 
he's a very competitive man, and right now I think he is the uh, unofficial captain of Team Card Hoarder because he beat uh, Joe Lissette in the streamer showdown the other day, which meant that according to their laws that uh, he now becomes the unofficial captain. So I'm sure he'd appreciate me uh, just saying I'll, that. I'll definitely have to have those. I'm actually trying to get to have those guys on the uh, on the show. Yeah, yeah, they love talking, especially Dave. Like you, can, you can get just about any of them online. Said, uh, one of them is actually an especially ex, who? Uh, Dave, the, the other Irishman, Dave. Ah, okay. So uh, he he definitely loves to get on and have a chat with you. Because um, I think the one of them actually used to work for SCB. He was uh, one of the guys that was behind the scenes doing a lot of camera work. Ah, uh, yes. I can't remember if it's Connor or if it's uh... Connor. Yes, I actually just read there. Yeah. The, the podcast bio when we were talking before uh, the recording started. He did uh, some of their video work. Yes, yes, that's right. Yep. That's cool. But no, that, that's, that's my, like, I think our step one goal is we would all like to get back on the Pro Tour. But um, we don't know if that will happen. It's uh, so it's, it's almost a bit of a gamble these days trying to uh, hit one of these big events to try and get a top eight berth or a, or a win in an event which has quite a lot of players in it. There's so many different variables in the it just does It is, and that's one thing, too, that, that kills you know Magic. I've been watching the game since. I've been following coverage You know, back when the dojo was around. I don't know if you remember that site. Oh, my God, that's a long time. Um, and it's kind of gone, I guess, really like any sport or any game or activity, if you will. If there's you know journalistic coverage for it, or self coverage, if you will. Um, it seems like there's groups of players that that come through and then they fall off. Come through and then they fall off. Come through and then they fall off. Like they they spike an event and then you never hear from them again. Uh, I don't know. Like the consistency piece, like that's that's what's tough. You know, when they started doing the Hall of Fame and then you see some of these folks that have, you know, what was this Yuya's like? fifth pro tour top eight or something stupid like that yeah. but he hasn't won anything yet like the, no like there, there is some people who are just built for the game and yeah they're, they're, there's very few of them and you always see them at the top but then there's a lot of players who are very good and you just you hear from them from time to time like even even someone like jerry t who actually just won yeah absolutely like you always know that jerry you always know that jerry's a good player and he did have his stint working for what's the reason he said he wasn't able to play in any events, but he was always good leading up to that. You didn't really see him on that scene, and then he'd like turn up to an event and he'd be gone for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden he comes back and then he wins it. And uh, it's just it's just one of the things where there is just a lot of people who are very good at the game, but don't kind of get the opportunity to to kind of go as far as they can. That's a that's some that's some interesting points. Um, I think I think having the SCG tour. I know some people may, you know, equate it to, you know, the amateur league, if you will. But a lot of the players that are, are coming up on the Pro Tour kind of cut their teeth on the SCG events just because there's so many of them. And I think that's that's probably helped out the community quite a bit. I hope they continue. Um, but, you know. Yeah, it definitely has. I think I got to play against, uh, he, was, he was a really young guy. I think he was only 12 or 13 years old. Like his dad actually brought him to the PT because he, he came second in a GP in America. I don't, I don't know which GP it was, but it was a really, really young guy. Oh, was it and one of the... he ended up being one of my opponents. Was it one of the Keeper brothers? He was, he was one, 
it, it was it was one of the keeper runs. It was the smallest one, the youngest one. Wow, that's cool. I can't imagine. Yeah, and I actually got to meet him. My oldest son is twelve, and I think they're the youngest keeper sibling is twelve or thereabouts. And I just, you're right. Like some people are made for the game, and I just don't see. Like I don't know how you you get that. Like my son, like he kind of knows about the cards and stuff like that, and he knows like the basic rules, you know, tapping and upkeep and you yeah. know all that stuff. But he, no, not not. He's not playing on a pro tour at twelve. That's for sure. No. I mean, like he he did take a game off me. Like I remember we went to a third game, but um, yeah, like I was just amazed. I was just sitting down from this kid, and the thing that excited me even more than the fact that like he was so young was like he, his dad, who was like bringing him along. His dad was just a great guy, and he was just loving the fact that his son gets to travel. And because his son does well, Wizards actually pays for his dad to fly for free. So his dad's loving it. It's all these free flights. Oh yeah, that's it's, great. Like, the accommodation that goes in with it as well. And so it's it just really cool, like just to see a parent being able to kind of let their kid pursue something like that at such a young age. Like I wish my parents had done that for me when I was younger as well. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have Watsy fly around for free. I'd love it. I guess they. I just. I guess that's why they call it the train. The gravy train. Oh, it's it's not the train that it used to be. Yeah, like that, that was back back in the day when we, we all started to get on the train. The, the train kind of derailed. Never never decided to get back on. Yeah, they've kind of you know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but if they wanna if they wanna get serious about that that esports, you know moniker, they they gotta kind of put up or shut up with the with the, with the money standpoint. Yeah, well, that, that, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. You've got Helen that's just uh, left and Matt's just come back. And I know it's it's, it's interesting times. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit there with a big bag of popcorn and I'm just going to sit there and watch the show and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You said Helen's going to be on a podcast? Is that what you said? No, no. I was saying that she had recently uh, she retired. She uh, left the What's the Action. Yes. Yes. That happened uh, What this week. Last week, last week. If uh, I, I think it was that. actually last week. Yeah, I did kind of find literally six hours after she tweeted, all of a sudden someone else posted the new Nat schedule with with all the times and dates locked in. And I'm like confused. This is like very strange timing because Helene like took that role eight years ago, and the first thing she did was kill Nats. And six six hours after she leaves, all of a sudden Nats is back up. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm sure there's definitely more behind the scenes. I wish, I wish Wizards was a little more transparent with that stuff. That's you know, as somebody that's studying you know strategic communication and public relations, I tell you what, it's been the easiest master's program so far because I always pitch to my professor, you know, hey, this company's doing all this crazy stuff. Can I study it? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. So it's <laughs> it's been an interesting time to say the well, least. It's, it's- it's definitely a very interesting time in general for, for you to be studying that kind of thing with everything that's going on. You've got so much going on there outside of magic as well. Your politics is an absolute nightmare right now. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, um, I think it's probably time to wrap this up. Uh, I think there's a bunch of other conversations that we can have, but I want to save that for the next time because you have been a phenomenal guest. Before we end it, though, is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to bring up? No, I think you didn't ask. Um, 
don't really think I have anything extra to kind of give at the moment. I'm just trying to think back. I mean, if, if you did want to watch something funny, I remember you saying at the start of the thing that, uh, that I was at the GP Top 8 in, um, in Melbourne, was it 2014, was it was? Uh, it's, it was. Uh, it's it definitely was one of... Grand Prix Melbourne. Um, I actually have your match loaded up. It is queued. Oh, don't. It is queued to one hour, three minutes and eight seconds, uh, where you no. are about to. Or no, I'm sorry. It's queued up a little bit before where you heroes downfall. Your obs at, at, and I actually have it in my notes to yeah. ask you, what, what what was the deal with that? I mean, uh, hey, style points for Flair. I love it. I love it. I, I, was it was that the point where I conceded the game shortly? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, you can even you can even rewind it even further than that. Uh, I I think at the stage, I completely missed my opponent having a blocker. I think it was a Sylvan carry tip that he had. I thought it was a land because he had his lands in front. Oh, yeah, I noticed that too. And uh, I think there was uh, two or three turns in a row where I just refused to activate my Whip Veribos to bring back my Desecrated Demon. And uh, there was also many, I think two or three turns where I just choose, I just don't want to attack the Garrick. I'm just trying to hit his, hit his life total. And in the end, the Garrick killed me because of ultimates, and I don't bring my guy back. And I go from being in a position where it is virtually impossible for me to lose to a position where it is now impossible for me to win because I killed myself. Yeah, that, that emblem. That, that emblem hurt. That emblem hurt. Yeah, it's just one of those things. But like when when you're sitting in there in that environment, like you don't you don't see these things. It was just a micro play. I think there was actually only one turn where, I think it was there was a turn after I had the um, the obsidat and whip flickering that I had the um, the ability to bring back the demon without him having a creature to sack because I think he just uh, slammed his Gideon, uh, sorry his um his Garrick, mm. and that was uh, I think his first plus on the Garrick only hit a Lanoral, and at that stage I could have either attacked the Garrick with my with my obs of that or even brought back the demon and attacked and made him sacrifice his uh, carry tier I just didn't see it and uh, and then I just progressed to not attack that ever and uh, I made made a few misplays he, he also made a few misplays like I think he played a storm breath dragon which was a perfect blocker but he then tapped his mutavolt to to play a 1-1 or a 2-2 and I was able to like devour flesh to make him sacrifice his stone breath so he had no blocker but then I still didn't attack the Garrick and it was just, just a comedy of errors <laughs> so so what do we want to have no, 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 the audience learn sort of, from that um I don't know pay attention to your board state pay, pay attention to where you are in the game and just don't get tunnel vision oh good Wor- words of like I'd, I'd, I'd got to that point in the game and I was just like my opponent is so close to being dead. I'm so close to going to the pro tour. I'm just going to keep trying to get him dead. I didn't even think about the back door. Maybe I should pause for a second and just see if there's stop- something stopping me from getting him dead. No, no, I'm just going to keep trying to get him dead. Mm. Words to well, live <laughs> Simple as that. On, on, on the upside, uh, Ashu was my opponent there. He was actually from Perth, where I was back in West Australia, and he was part of the group that I travelled over with. So we were just happy the fact that there was someone from our community that was going to be going to the pro tour, because that was... Unfortunately, the very last GP before they announced that the entire top eight got the Pro Tour invite, oh. so only the top four, only the top four got it. So we were essentially were playing a PDQ final, that... and I was the unfortunate loser. That's all right. You did get you did get to Ether Revolt though, so there's there's that. That's cool. I oh, that's, that's, more that tours, a... that's more Pro yeah. Tours than I've played in, and that's more Grand Prix top eights that I've played in. So you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I. 
to, to get to the revolt was was even even more miraculous because I managed to win one of the Magic Online uh, PTQ finals, which was like I think I had to go nine and one in the Swiss, and I only just scraped into the top eight, and then I think I had a two percent chance to win in in round two to not get knocked out, and I managed to just pull off a miracle, and then I got lucky in the finals because my opponent uh, floated out. So it was a very, very strange top eight to, to manage to get to that PT. That is strange. Well, hey, um, thanks again for your time. Uh, thank you so much for being the first guest on Planeswalker Radio. Is there uh, anywhere that the uh, the general listening public can reach you? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, any of that nonsense? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at uh, Bacon Shuffle, which is my Twitter handle. Um, but apart from that, I haven't started my streaming yet, which is also going to be bacon shuffle when I actually get around to doing that because uh, work commitments are currently keeping me busy. But uh, when that's all up and running, yeah, just a bacon shuffle for everything. From everybody here at Planeswalker Radio, everybody being me, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we had our guest uh, Craig Chapman on. He is the captain of Team Basic. Hopefully they can uh, get back on the train soon or at the very least finish higher than team card hoarder thanks again for listening everybody and we will see you on the next episode of planeswalker radio well everybody that wraps up this week's episode of planeswalker radio thank you again for listening be sure to visit planeswalkerradio.com for show notes and for all of the requisite social media links facebook twitter and instagram if you enjoyed the show please share it it helps out a lot Thanks again, and we will see you next week on Planes Walker Radio.